WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The Michigan Department of Transportation is receiving funds from the Federal Railroad Administration to study the potential for expanding Amtrak lines around the state. That includes the Pear Marquette line from Chicago to Grand Rapids. MDOT's Michael Frizzell tells us three lines will each receive $500,000 to be studied. It could lead to additional runs on the Pear Marquette, but that's still a long way off. If it shows that we could potentially we could increase services, we could improve our infrastructure for that. So that could be the potential. Frizzell says the money is just for a preliminary study. Right now, it's not saying that these routes are going to get added trains right now. It's just the first step that we have to do to plan for potential new services. The funding was announced Friday by U.S. Senators Gary Peters and Debbie Stabenow. They say it will allow MDOT to continue implementation of its Michigan Mobility 2045 plan, which is aimed at providing increased transportation options for travelers while boosting economic growth around the state. In addition to the Pear Marquette, studies on the potential for expansion will be done on the Amtrak lines from Port Huron to Chicago and Detroit to Chicago. A St. Joseph man is dead following a utility task vehicle crash in Van Buren County. The Van Buren County Sheriff's Department says deputies were called to the 64,000 block of 84th Avenue in Keeler Township about 11 p.m. yesterday on a report of someone pinned under a UTV. They arrived to find the crash was about a quarter mile off the road in a field. The police were able to lift the vehicle off the 53-year-old man pinned underneath and they began CPR. However, the man was pronounced dead at the scene. Police learned the victim and a family member were staying in the area to deer hunt. They took the UTV for a ride in the field and lost control, causing it to roll, roll over. The passenger in the UTV wasn't hurt, and police believe alcohol was involved in the crash. The investigation's ongoing, and the victim's name has not been released. When South Haven has its New Year's Eve celebration this year, there will be a new attraction for everyone to try out. At a meeting this week, the South Haven City Council approved a request from the South Haven Van Buren County Convention and Visitors Bureau to have a zip line downtown. City Manager Kate Hosier told the council the plan meets the city's needs. Mayor Scott Smith said the plan sounds familiar. It looks like the same type of thing we've had here for Harborfest. It is something similar. I'm not sure if they actually did get their one from Harborfest, but I know it has been proposed. This would be something new coming to New Year's Eve, and I think they're adding one more element. Hosier said the zip line will be installed about 3 p.m. after the streets have closed. It would run until about 10 p.m., so there would be time to remove the zip line before streets reopen. The New Year's Eve celebration, December 31st, will feature dancing, a DJ, warming stations, and of course, the famous beach ball drop at midnight. Hoser told the City Council the Visitors Bureau has secured the needed insurance to have the zip line this year. The Humane Society of the United States is teaming up with Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel to warn everyone about online puppy scams as the holidays are here. Michigan State Director for the Humane Society, Blake Goodman, says the group urges anyone in the market for a new four-legged friend to skip pet stores and online sellers and instead visit a shelter or a rescue. In a PSA, Nestle says Michigan's one of the top 10 states for consumer complaints about puppy sales. Regardless of how a puppy is sold, by a breeder, pet store, or online, always be on the lookout for deceptive practices. Nestle says everyone should research any sellers they're working with, research the breed, and make sure to visit the puppy before buying. Arrange to safely transport the puppy. Use a credit card to make your purchase. And retain all documents and communications from the breeder. Nestle says Michigan residents in recent years have been tricked into paying for pets that don't exist or have adopted pets with undisclosed health or behavioral problems. 
Because the thieves are often outside the country or selling independently, it can be hard to get the money back. Each year, consumers in the U.S. spend more than a billion dollars on puppies. Some people who work in bars and restaurants are voicing opposition to increasing the hourly wage for tipped workers. Michigan Supreme Court justices heard arguments about a case that involves a 2018 ballot proposal this week. The measure was designed to go before voters. However, before that could happen, the state legislature approved the wage increases and in the same session reduced them, essentially taking the issue away from voters. Erica Restua with the Michigan Attorney General's office argued this week lawmakers have the right to make changes to legislation. The Constitution is unambiguous that it does not limit the legislature's authority to adopt an initiative and amend it within the same legislative session consistent with its power under Article 4. A decision is expected in the next several months. The Berrien County Road Department says the intersection of Lincoln Avenue and Linko Road in Lincoln Township will become a four-way stop. It says traffic studies have shown the change is warranted and new signs indicating the four-way stop will be posted on Monday. This change will mean that traffic from all four directions will have to come to a complete stop prior to proceeding through the intersection. Anyone who drives through that intersection often is asked to take notice that they'll now have to stop no matter which road they're on. The new signage was scheduled to go up today, but wind conditions caused the road department to postpone. The new four-way stop was approved by the Berrien County Board of Commissioners this week. Michigan State University has a new president. The Board of Trustees voted unanimously this morning to approve University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill Chancellor Kevin Guskowitz for the position of president. It's effective as of March 4th. Guskowitz said he was inspired by MSU's focus on advancing and supporting students. As a strategic plan emphasizes, the university's greatest asset is its people. Uh, and nurturing our people must be at the heart of what we do uh, as an institution and as a servant leader. Uh, I will work tirelessly to support the aspirations of all Spartans and help create a culture where everyone feels safe, welcome, and valued. The board praised Guskowitz for his work in academic leadership, fundraising, and diversity and inclusion initiatives. He'll take over a university that's now in its fifth leader since former President Luanna Simon resigned in 2018 following the Larry Nassar sex assault scandal. Michigan State's remained embroiled in controversy ever since. The previous president, Samuel Stanley Jr., resigned last October amid tension with the governing board. And one of the nation's top doctors was in Detroit yesterday talking about the importance of getting an updated COVID vaccine. CDC Director Dr. Mandy Cohen says the virus is evolving, which means booster shots are the best way to avoid getting sick. We are in a better place than we've been before. However, it is still here with us. And importantly, the COVID virus has changed. Um, So we want to get the most updated protection. So even if you've had COVID before or you've been vaccinated before, the virus has changed. Just like the flu virus changes year over year, we're seeing the COVID virus do something similar and keep changing. Dr. Cohen says COVID is still an issue as more than 800 people have been hospitalized around Michigan in the past week. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. At the United Nations today, a meeting was held at the Security Council to discuss calling for humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. That's as the Israeli offensive intensifies. ABC's Dave Packer has more from New York. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres invoking the rarely used Article 99 of the U.N. Charter to force a meeting of the Security Council and a vote on supporting a ceasefire in Gaza, telling the Security Council... We are at a breaking point. There is a high risk of the total collapse of the humanitarian support system in Gaza 
which would have devastating consequences. Fifteen countries serve on the Security Council, including the United States, a permanent member with veto power over any resolution. Dave Packer, ABC News, New York. Desperate Palestinians fleeing Israel's expanding ground offensive crowded into an ever-shrinking area of the Gaza Strip as Israel-Hamas war entered its third month today. The United Nations warned that its aid operation is in tatters because no place in the besieged enclave is safe. The Israeli army said today that over the past day, its forces had struck about 450 targets in the tiny, densely populated Gaza Strip. That signaled the continued intensity of a campaign that's already led to widespread civilian casualties and mass displacements. Israel also dropped leaflets over parts of Gaza with a biblical warning to Hamas leaders. Meanwhile, the Israeli army says its forces are engaged in intense face-to-face combat with Hamas terrorists. Israel believes Hamas top leaders are hiding in the tunnels under Khan Yunus. The 137 hostages, including nine Americans, may be deep underground, too. Military analysts in Israel expect several weeks of fighting in Khan Yunus. Complicating the battlefield are the Palestinian civilians who fled the north, remain packed in crowded areas, and increasingly getting caught in crossfire. The death toll is now topping 17,000, more than half of them women and children. ABC's Jordana Miller has more from Jerusalem. Israeli officials say the Kerem Shalom crossing into the Gaza Strip will reopen in the coming days. The opening of a second passage into war-torn Gaza will allow the entry and distribution of more humanitarian aid to 1.8 million displaced Gazans. It could double current levels of about 200 aid trucks a day to 400. The Israeli move comes as the Biden administration and U.N. aid groups say Jerusalem must do more to protect civilians, not just from the deadly fighting, but from hunger, disease and dropping temperatures. Jordana Miller, ABC News, Jerusalem. A federal appeals court in Washington has upheld a gag order on former President Donald Trump in his 2020 election interference case, but it has narrowed the restrictions of his speech. The three-judge panel's ruling today modifies the gag order to allow the Republican 2024 presidential frontrunner to make disparaging comments about special counsel Jack Smith. And Trump has described the gag order as unconstitutional muzzling of his political speech. Trump could appeal the ruling to the full court or to the Supreme Court. Prosecutors say the restrictions are necessary to shield potential witnesses from harassment, as well as threats inspired by Trump's social media posts. U.S. employers added nearly 200,000 jobs for the month of November, according to the latest report from the Labor Department. Average hourly earnings are ticking higher, and the unemployment rate is falling to near 50-year lows. ABC's Alex Christophorus has more. These jobs are being created in the face of higher interest rates and a slowing economy. So the fact that we added nearly 200,000 jobs is really quite a feat for the month of November. The unemployment rate uh, ticking back now to 3.7%, which really suggests that the Federal Reserve's soft landing may actually be achieved. And that soft landing means that the Fed would be raising interest rates to slow inflation but avoiding a recession in the process. Vladimir Putin has moved to prolong his repressive and unyielding grip on power in Russia for at least another six years. He announced his candidacy in the presidential election next March that he is all but certain to win. Putin still commands wide support after nearly a quarter century in power, despite starting in an immensely costly war in Ukraine that's taken thousands of his countrymen's lives. He's also provoked repeated attacks inside Russia, including one on the Kremlin itself, and corroded its aura of invincibility. Putin announced his decision to run in the next year's election after today's Kremlin award ceremony. That's when war veterans and others pleaded with him to seek re-election. There are security concerns nationwide as Hanukkah begins. The war in the Middle East has police on high alert, and now there's been a shooting outside of a temple in New York that's being investigated as a possible hate crime. More from ABC's Dave Packer. The FBI has identified the suspect that says fired shots outside of a temple in Albany, New York, Thursday that put a daycare inside on lockdown. 
Buffet Fawaz Al-Qaeda is being charged with possession of a firearm by a prohibited person. New York Governor Kathy Hochul. Any act of anti-Semitism is unacceptable and undermining the public safety at our synagogue the first night of Hanukkah is even more deplorable. The shooter is described as emotionally disturbed with a lengthy criminal history. Dave Packer, ABC News, New York. Harvard University's president has apologized as pressure mounted for the University of Pennsylvania's president to resign over their testimony at a congressional hearing on anti-Semitism. Critics from the White House on down say they failed to show they would stand up to anti-Semitism on their campuses. Now, Harvard President Claudine Gay says that she failed to properly denounce threats of violence against Jewish students. Meanwhile, lawyers for a major donor to Penn are threatening to withdraw a $100 million gift unless Penn president Liz McGill is replaced. The university president's congressional testimonies draw an intense national backlash, as did a similar response from the president of MIT. And the Texas attorney general is pushing back after a judge ruled a woman can get an emergency abortion despite the state's near-total ban on the procedure. Kate Cox's fetus was diagnosed with a medical condition that's almost always fatal for the fetus, and doctors say Cox's fertility is at risk if she continues with the pregnancy. Here's ABC's Ann Flaherty with more. This restraining order would only apply to Kate Cox. It does not apply to other women. It only lasts for 14 days. And of course, her lawyers are saying this proves the point that two sides can disagree on when an abortion is necessary to save the life of the mother. They say that that law that was passed by Texas is intentionally vague and has essentially created a situation where there is no exception for the abortion ban. 